Proverbs 2 tonight. Let's go ahead and turn there if we could. Proverbs chapter number 2. And I want you to know it's good to see you tonight. And I can't reiterate so much for you how uh, much of a blessing it is as, as pastor to look out and to see our people and to see that everybody's making it. Uh, it's hard during these times to know the state of your flock. You know, the Bible tells us to do well, to know the state of our flocks, to be diligent in that. And it's been very difficult over the past few months to know how everybody's doing because we haven't always been seeing everybody. And we have, when we had these opportunities, it's a blessing to me to see everybody's doing well. And I look forward to next week, as well as our other ministries coming on board. Uh, we don't want to overkill and start, start too much up again. And so I've had a few people ask us about the bus, and I told them if things go well with uh, coming back on Sunday mornings for a little while, then we're going to try to roll that back out and eventually Sunday school as well. And I haven't talked to the Roundtrees yet, but even looking at Jolly Keens getting that rolled back out, that's something that can be done in a limited capacity uh, in the fellowship hall. So I'm excited about that, but pray for us as we'll continue to seek God's will and have his wisdom in, in doing just that. Proverbs chapter 2, if you're there, let's go ahead and stand if you don't mind. Uh, for those that are in here and those that are watching tonight uh, at home. Proverbs chapter number two, stretch your legs a little bit. We're going to read down through about verse five and we'll pray and let you be seated. The Bible says, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you again for your word. I pray that, Lord, it would accomplish all that you desire it to do. Help us allow your word to work tonight. And I pray we'd learn a little bit more about your word tonight, that we might be who you'd have us to be during this time. Bless those that are here. Bless those that are watching tonight. And just have your will and way in this service in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to preach something to you tonight that is uh, really hot off the presses. Uh, just this past week, I'm reading through Proverbs, and on the second, I was reading through Proverbs chapter number two as continue our Bible reading, and I hope you're continuing your Bible reading. There's one thing we can do during this time of uncertainty is we can keep up with our Bible reading, making sure we're staying faithful to that. And I was reading Proverbs two in my personal devotions this week, and the Lord showed me something in these first five verses that he's leading us to preach tonight, and I it's something that will help us immediately. Uh, we use the term plug and play. It's something we can put to work immediately in our life uh, if we will allow the Word of God to work tonight. I was talking to Brother Matthews this morning about our volleyball team, and our girls are doing so good this year. They've, they've come so far, and they've won several matches, and we just get excited watching them. Uh, I appreciate all of those who have been coming out and watching, and we've had a great fan base this year, and we look to build it up even more. I was telling Brother Bo, we need a jumbotron in there. If we can find one of those used, uh, maybe some somewhere, get us a TV up there. Uh, if not, maybe at least we can have somebody doing silhouettes or shadow puppets up on a wall uh, with a flashlight. But we've had a good time with that. And I told Brother John this morning, I said, look, I want to help my daughter grow and get better at volleyball. I says, but I don't know anything about volleyball. Uh, I was a youth and I played volleyball as a youth, but we didn't go by all of the so-called rules that they have now in volleyball. Evidently, one bounce is not a rule anymore. When I was in a youth group, you could get one bounce from time to 
time. Uh, you know, you could hit it four or five times because it was just good fun. And, and when I became a youth pastor, that's exactly what we did. We just played backyard volleyball. And so I told Brother Matthews, I want to help Miley get better, you know, as a parent. I wanted their kid to do the best they can, but I don't know anything about volleyball. All that I know now is you keep it off the floor and you can't hit it but three times. That's about the first couple of rules that I've memorized in this season of volleyball. So I've gone to watch videos. I've done what everybody else does. When you want to learn something, I've gone to YouTube, and I'm watching these YouTube videos about how you're supposed to play volleyball the right way, as they say it. So I make sure that I'm teaching my daughter the right way to play. Now, in order for me to teach it, I've got to understand it, okay? In order for me to convey to her what she needs to know about how to play and how to be better, then I've got to learn it myself, and it's something I don't know. So I've had to jump back in and start watching YouTube videos of how to play volleyball. Now, so how does that apply to the message tonight? Well, in Proverbs chapter 2, we see another father, and that father is wanting his child to do well, okay? Now, as we look down in chapter number 2 in verse 1, it says, My son... So we see a father's directing his word to a child, and we see in verse number five the outcome. The desire is that then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now here's a father who's wanting his children to succeed. Our heavenly father wants his children to succeed. He wants them to be good at what he's called them to do. But notice, if you will, we see in chapter number two exactly what he calls success. What our father calls success and what oftentimes we call success is not necessarily the same thing because we see God says in verse number five, here's what I hope that you do, that thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Can I tell you tonight that finding the knowledge of God and the fear of the Lord, which is having the proper reverence of God, if you could find those two things, that's success to our heavenly father. Now look, even as an earthly father, there are things that I want for my child. To be honest with you, they're not going to matter in the whole scheme of eternity. Our Heavenly Father has His priorities right. And He's showing us that our desire should be that we get to the place where we understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Can I tell you tonight, if you get those two things, you'll unlock so much of the blessings and power of God in your life. If you just come to the knowledge of God and seek out the knowledge of God and understand the fear of the Lord, that's the proper reverence of God. You know, as an earthly dad, that's what I want for her. As an earthly dad, I want my daughter to come to the knowledge of God. She's come to the saving knowledge of God, but there's so much more I want her to know about God. All right? The second thing I want her to learn is the proper reverence for God, where God needs to be in her life. Now, look, it's good for me to want that for her, but we've got to understand this. That's what our Father wants for us. All right? This is not just something that we're learning so, so that we can pass it down. This is something we're learning so that we can please our Father. So as we look at this tonight, we see what's repeated in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. What did Solomon say? To fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. Notice once again, it's summed up in that proper reverence of God. But here's what's interesting. As we look down to verse number 5, we see it begins with the word then. The word then means what we are reading is the result of what just came before. Verse number 5 is the result of verse 1, 2, 3, and 4. Verse number 5 is where God wants us to get. God wants us to get to the place in verse 5 where we understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. 
But there's a lot of things in those four verses that help us get to that place. Now tonight, I, I, I want my daughter to be good at volleyball, and I hope she becomes decent at volleyball. I mean, she'll definitely be better than her dad, that's for sure, because her dad doesn't even know how to play at all. But you know what I want her to do? I want her to win in the things that matter to God. I want her to win in the things that matter to God. Now, I want her to win on the volleyball court, okay? I want, I want her to win on the volleyball court. Don't get me wrong. But I want her to win, most of all, in the things that matter to God. And we see tonight in verse 5 what matters to God, and we see how to get there. Now, notice verse 1. He says, my son, if thou will receive my words, okay? Now, in order to get to verse number 5, all of the steps are going to revolve around what we do with God's word. Now, look, what you do with God's word, how you receive God's word, how you handle and respond to God's word is what's going to lay those stepping stones that lead us to the place where we have an understanding of the fear of the Lord and we find the knowledge of God. And so tonight, I want to show you how to win in God's word, how to win with God's word. And I'm going to show you tonight how to handle God's word that will lead us to the place to where we find those two things that God wants for us in verse number five. Now, I'm going to shock you tonight because I'm going to give you five things. Uh, what was it, one of Brother Heath's little girls the other night? Was it Emmy? Uh, I said four things, and she says four. She's so used to me saying three. Well, Emmy, I have five tonight. Y'all buckle up and hang on, and we'll try to get through all five of these. But there's five things that I believe will help us get to the goal to where we win in this matter of God's word. Let's jump right in if we could. Look at verse one. My son, he says, if thou, there's a contingency, if thou wilt receive my words. Now, the first thing we're going to see tonight is the most basic, but it's very necessary. Now, if the Word of God's going to change us, which the Word of God does, the Word of God is quick and powerful and it's sharp. Isaiah 55, 11, the Bible says that His Word will accomplish what He sent it to do. So God's Word is going to change us. But before it can change us, the Bible says the Word of God has to be received. That means the Word of God has to be accepted or possessed. So number one tonight, I'm going to give you five H's on what we do with the Word of God that we might win with the Word of God. Number one, notice the hearing of the Word. The hearing of the Word. Now, this goes without saying, but if you're going to be changed by the Word, you first got to be challenged by the Word. Okay? If the Word of God is going to change us and convict us and lead us and guide us, at some point you've got to come in contact with the Word of God. Isn't that how this virus is working? What do they call it? They call it con contact tracing. They're doing that with the president right now, trying to figure out who he was in contact with. I don't know what they're going to do to him. Maybe they're going to shoot him when they find him. I don't know, but they're trying to figure out where he got it from. At some point, he came in contact with someone who had this virus, and they spread the virus to him. And now that virus has caused all of these changes, not just in his life, but even in the economy. Did you see the stock market plunge when they found out that he had the virus? All of these changes have taken place because somewhere he came in contact with that virus. Now, this is how the Word of God works. If we desire the Word of God to change us, to get us to verse 5, where we understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, there's got to be a place and a time where we have contact with the very Word of God. It's got to challenge us before it changes us. Now, folks, why do you think the devil fights so hard to keep you from reading your Bible and coming to church. It's because he don't want you to be around these other people? Not really. 
It's because he doesn't like our building. No, that's not really what it is. He doesn't want you to come in contact with this. Listen, if you get to the place where you're receiving God's word, do you know what God's word is going to do to you? It's going to change you. It's going to bring conviction in your life. It's going to give guidance in your life. The devil can't afford to do that. And so therefore, he fights you. I have found it so hard lately with all that's been going on to get in and focus in on my Bible study time. That's why I had to spend so much time up here yesterday just to come in and get into the Word of God where I spend enough time with it that it changes me. Why? I need to be changed. I need to be changed. I'm not near as like Christ as I should be. And the way that I become more like Christ is I'm changed by His Word. But watch this. It can't change us if we don't receive it. There's got to be a time where we're hearing the Word of God. Turn to Romans chapter 10 for me tonight. I want to show you something. Uh, You probably know we were headed here. Romans chapter number 10. I want you to look down to verse 13, a verse we love very much. But oh, how important the context of this verse is. If we're going to win with God's word, get to the place where God has that rightful reverence in our life and we have a proper knowledge of God, there must be a hearing of the word. It begins with simply hearing the word. Romans 10, 13, part of the Romans road. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you glad? doesn't say might. doesn't say maybe. The Bible says, whosoever. Look, here tonight, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. The Bible says, for whosoever. I think that means all of us. When I'm talking to kids about, uh, about how to get saved, I said, does that mean tall people? Yeah. Short people? Yeah. Skinny people? Yeah. Not so skinny people? Yeah. It means all of us, whosoever. But wait a minute. Look at verse 14. How then shall they call in him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? Do you know what it was that convicted my heart the night that I told you about this morning in the service, the night that I got saved? I heard the word of God. Keep reading. The Bible says, the Bible says, in whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? Somebody's got to proclaim the word of God. Look, the word of God has the power in itself. I'm thankful for that, by the way. I'm not powerful of myself. I'm not eloquent of myself. But look, this stuff will get the job done if it gets out. But it's got to get out. Keep reading verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? Verse 17. Here we go. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Look, if his word is going to lead us and guide us to the knowledge of God and an understanding and fear of God, at the very least, there's got to be a hearing of the word. This is why it's important that the people of God, we stay in this book. Why? Because we need that knowledge of God. We need that understanding of the fear of the Lord. I try to encourage people. I'll be honest with you. It'd do us good to turn our radios off look, and just turn some scripture on. Just listen to scripture. My wife, every morning when, when she gets up, uh, she turns on, I think it's Alexander Scorby. He has one of those voices, you know. I hear that James Earl Jones is reading the Bible now, so he might give her a run for her money. I told her the age of the other day, Darth Vader reading the Bible. I mean, man, that's going to be kind of hard to pass up. You know, some of you are like, oh. You never put that together before, did you? Well, anyway, my wife listens to it every morning as she's getting dressed, and she's listening to this guy read the Bible, and I'm walking through the house and back and forth to the bathroom trying to get all the hairs in place where it covers up that spot. And even while I'm just walking through, I'm hearing it. 
And I was walking through the other day, and it was, I think, in Chronicles somewhere, uh, and I was listening to it. I said, man, that's good. I was just passing through. It was almost like a a drive-by reading of the Word of God. And just as I passed through the house, the Word of God, the Word of God had an effect on me when I heard it. Folks, you'd be amazed tonight if we look. Turn the radio off every once in a while. Turn ESPN radio off every once in a while. And just turn on the Bible. Turn your cell phone on and listen to the Word of God. And you would be amazed at how much guidance it would give you in your life. There's got to be a point. Notice back in chapter 2 of Proverbs, the Bible says, If thou wilt receive my words. This morning we had a wonderful baptism, little Cason. And I was worried that he wasn't going to be tall enough to be able to see him there. I thought I was going to have to hold him off when I got him out there in the water. I had a girl like that one time at our church. She was so short, I had to literally carry her off the steps, dunk her, and bring her back because she wouldn't have been able to see her above the glass. I'm sitting there talking to him, and I asked him how old he was. I think he said six or seven years old. I said, man, you, you got saved younger than I did. I said, I was nine years old when I got saved. You're six, seven years old. Do you know what happened? Do you know what that was the result of this morning? His mom and dad had him in church. Mom and dad had him in a school where he hears the gospel preached and taught. That word's been going in. That word's been going in. And after a while, that word's taken root and had an effect on him. And he trusted Christ as his Savior. Look, I know grown-ups are jealous tonight of kids when they get saved at six or seven because they have all those years to go on to serve God. But where did it begin? It began with the Word of God. There was a hearing and a receiving of the Word of God. John 10, the Bible says in verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Notice the following comes after the hearing. You might find it a little bit easier to follow if we just heard more of his word. Well, I like keeping up with scores on the radio and keeping up with the news on the radio. But sometimes I've got to flush everything out and just turn on some scripture and listen to somebody read the Bible. Why? Because I need guidance. Number one, how are we going to win with the word? It begins with a hearing of the word. But then let's keep going. My son, if thou will receive my words. And then notice what it says next. And hide my commandments with thee. He's taking it a step further. Now, notice the first one was a hearing. Now he says to hide his commandments. Now, think about that tonight. Hide them. Not only are you hearing the word of God, but you're receiving them and you're hiding them within your heart. That's number two tonight. Notice the hiding of the word. You say, what's the difference in hearing and hiding? Hiding is when you choose to take it with you. You know, everybody that was here this morning heard the word of God. Now, look, it's not for me to judge, and I'm thankful it's not for me to judge. I have no desire to judge. But I wonder this morning how many people took it with them. I wonder how many people heard the word this morning and how much contrast there is between those who heard the word of God but who did not hide it or take it with them. This afternoon, I took my wife uh, for my wife and daughter out for lunch, and we went to that uh, Euro place uh, down the road. I think that's how you pronounce it. Some people say gyro. Some people say Euro. It's just like a really thick pancake with chicken on the inside of it that comes from Greece. That's what they tell me. And we went over there and had that for uh, lunch today. And, man, it was just it filled me up. You wouldn't think one of those little things would fill you up. But I had some hummus, and we had some of that bread. And after a while, I didn't have enough room left to eat the whole, the whole Euro. I'm sitting there looking at it and thinking, gosh, uh, you know, I don't think I can take that thing with me. I, just, I don't know if i got enough room for it. Well, Lisa said, let me give you a to-go box. So she came and she boxed up all of our stuff, and it's sitting in my refrigerator right now. Now, I've had time to digest it between then and now, and I'm ready for the rest of it. But watch this. I brought it with me. 
I brought it with me. I ate all that I could eat while I was there, and then I decided to bring some home with me to eat on later. Now, can I tell you something tonight? If you're going to win with the Word of God, not only must you hear the Word of God, but you've got to hide the Word of God, all right? We can't just come to the house of God and hear the Word of God preached without taking some home with us. Folks, we ought to take to-go boxes home with us of the Word of God to chew on later. Why? Because we're going to need it. I assure you, you're going to get spiritually hungry, and you're going to desire to have more. That's why we've got to be willing to hide it within our heart. David said, Psalms 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. David says, not only did I hear the word, but I hid it. I'm taking it with me. Why? David says, I know that I'm going to need it. Think about tonight, what are the things that you hide? Think about things that you hide. I'm sure tonight some of you probably have a safe deposit box at the bank where you store all of your gold coins. I'm sure some of you have a gun safe at your house where you have all of your valuable guns stowed away and tucked away. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. You're hiding things that are valuable to you, aren't you? We hide things that are valuable. I stuff a lot of my stuff down in my sock drawer, you know, kind of hide them down. Now i gotta go, now I got to go change it because now you know where my secret hiding place is. But we all have those hiding places, and the things that we hide are things that are important to us, aren't they? David says, thy word have I hid. It says in verse 1, hide my commandments with thee. Look, folks, if we want the word of God to change us, And if we're going to win with the word of God and finally get to verse 5 where we understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, the word of God is going to have to be important to us. Notice David didn't say, thy word have I heard with my ears that I might not sin. He says, no, thy word have I hid in my heart. The word of God's got to be something that we not only hear, but we hide and we take with us. Colossians 3.16, the Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. You better hide it. You better stow some away. Matter of fact, several years ago in Monroe, we bought a, uh, we bought a trailer that was on our church property. It belonged to the former pastor that was there years ago at the church that was there before our church started up. And so we bought that trailer from them uh, that we just have their own property for staff folks to live in. And uh, when we got ready to sign the paperwork, after we bought that trailer, uh, the owner says, look, uh, underneath that trailer... Uh, You peel back the skirting, you climb underneath there. I have all of these barrels of food. I said, what do you mean all these barrels of food? He says, well, you know, it's some of that survival food. He said, I got these five-gallon buckets with MREs and all of this stuff packed down in there, and it's supposed to keep for like 250 years. (laughs) I'm thinking, look, I'm not going to be around for 250 years, and if I was, I don't think I'd want to eat something that's 250 years old. They had all of this stuff stored up. Why? Just in case times get rough. And now looking at the country, I'm thinking, you know what? Did we tell Brother TJ about that? Because if we didn't tell Brother TJ about that, we might have to slip off up there and have a clandestine mission during the night to get those five-gallon buckets and bring them back. What was he doing? He was preparing for a time that he knew he was going to need it. And he hid away and stored away sustenance to ensure his survival. Can I tell you what's going to ensure your survival and the survival of your home tonight? You better hide this away. You better tuck this away. You're going to need this more than you're going to need a rifle. I know that blows us away. You're going to need this more than you're going to need that, that, those finances that we've got stored away at the bank. You're going to need this more than anything. That's why David says, thy word have I hid within my heart that I might not sin. David says, I'm storing this up for later. You know, even bears have enough sense to store up some food. And squirrels, they store up food for the winter. 
We as the people of God ought to have enough, enough sense as the squirrels do. Hide away what's going to be important that's going to get us to where we need to go. I was telling somebody just this past week, I have to get up earlier and earlier now. Why? Because you get up and you spend a little time in the Word of God. But before long, you get busy in your day, don't we? And next thing you know, that word that you read is gone. The fowls of the air have come and plucked it away. Remember the parable of the sower? The Bible says the word was, was sown and the fowls of the air came and they plucked it away. You know, the devil specializes in stealing away the seed of God's word. He's good at it. You get up in the morning, you think, I'm just going to read through my chapter in Proverbs and I'm going to get some coffee and go to town. And you go to work. Before you even get to work, it's gone. You see, I have, I'm having to get up earlier and earlier. Why? I've got to bury it deep. I've got to bury it deep. Because the devil, with the circumstances of our life right now, is plucking away the seed, and I've got to hide it deep within my heart. Why? I need it. On a daily basis, I've got to get up. I've got to get in this book, and I've got to bury it deep. I've got to hide it deep. Why? Because who knows what's going to come up in the course of the day, and you're going to need the Word of God. That's why you better hide it and keep it deep within your heart. Number two, notice the hiding of the Word. There's something important the Bible says at the end of verse number one. The Bible says, hide my commandments with thee. With thee. Now look at that. Hide it with thee. Think about things you take with you. The morning I get up, I come in, I get my coffee, I have my Bible study time, and, and then I go and start filling my pockets. I have my cell phone. usually goes in my coat pocket. I have my Mickey Mouse pen that I haven't lost in five years right here that my wife said that I would, but I did not. I usually will put my wallet in my pocket. I usually put some tracks in my pocket. I put my lapel pin on, and I'm good to go. Those are things I take with me on a daily basis. The sad thing is how often do we get up, do we go, do we take the Word of God with us? You've got to take it with us. You're going to need it. So number two, be sure you hide the Word Look at verse 2, so that thou incline thine heart unto wisdom. There's that word so, it's very important. It means as a result of, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. This is an interesting one. We read this word so, it says, so that thou incline thine ears. If you will hear the word and hide the word, the result is you will incline your ears unto wisdom. I looked up that word incline, and I love looking it up in the Hebrew lexicon. And it says, as an animal tweaks its ears. You ever watch a dog or a cat, and they hear something in their ears? Kind of start twitching. You're out there deer hunting and, you know, uh, your heart's beating and you can see that deer just moving their ears. And the the deer can tell uh, that you're scared to death, that she's going or he's going to see you. That's what that verse means, that you incline your ears. You're turning your ears toward what? Incline thine ears unto wisdom. You see, there's a progression here. There's a progression taking place. Number one, you heard it. Number two, you hid it. And now here's what's happening. The word's having an effect on you. Number three, the heeding of the word. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. You see, hearing of the word and the hiding of the word is all working toward a goal. You don't want to get our kids to memorize scripture. It's not just so they win sword drills and they know more verses than the next guy. Our goal in them hearing the word and hiding the word is so that it will have an effect on them where they heed the word. Do not, listen, don't we want our children tonight to heed the word of God? 
Don't we want our children to incline unto the wisdom of God? What does that mean? It means to lean in their direction. And the more that we're exposed to the word of God, the more inclined we are to do the word of God. That's the heeding of the word. I'll give you a prime example. I didn't have a college football team growing up. My dad wasn't much into college football. I wasn't much into college football, so I didn't have a team. I think I've told you a little bit about this before. And then I met Leslie Murphy. Come to find out, she was kind of an LSU fan. And I got to know her family real well, and they began buying me LSU stuff. And the longer I hung around Leslie Murphy and David Murphy and Keisha Murphy and Josh Murphy, it was LSU this and LSU that. And I think it was one of those things where if I didn't like LSU, I couldn't marry her. And so after a while, the more exposure I had to the LSU people, guess what? I began to become inclined to their way of thinking. I know you're thinking, what a traitor. Well, I have to go home with her, and I'd rather go home with her happy. Amen? So we just pull from LSU. I like LSU. You say, what are you getting at? You see, when you hear it, you hide it. But you've got to hide it, listen, deep within your heart that after a while, you begin to incline to it. What is it doing? It's having an effect on you. That's what the Word of God does. The Bible says it will accomplish that which God sent it to do. It's going to change us and affect us. But here's what we've got to do. We've got to make sure that we spend enough time hearing it and hiding it so that it takes root in our heart to where we start heeding it. Isn't it good when we see our children begin to live out what we've taught them? Uh, Mine is not all, all grown yet by any means. But man, every once in a while, the stars will align and she'll get it right. And as a parent, you're having one of those moments. You're like, yes. And then five minutes later, they blow it out of the water with something really, really dumb that they know better to do, right? That's God keeping us humble. God has a good way of doing that. Imagine how our Father feels, our Heavenly Father. When He looks down and He watches His children and He sees them hearing the Word of God, and not only are they coming to church to hear the Word of God, but they take some home with them. And they hide it deep within their heart where it has time to put down roots. And before long, now they are inclining unto it. You see, this is the reverse effect. 1 Corinthians 15, The Bible says, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Evil communications corrupt good manners. That's the opposite of what we're talking about here. You see, evil communications, they get you to the place where you now incline to that. And now we're adopting the philosophies of that. But the word of God can have the same effect if we'll hear it and hide it. We'll start heeding it. We see this in the life of Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 11. Listen to what the Bible says about him. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. What happened? Solomon had repeated, repeated, repeated exposure to the pagan wives that he had brought into his kingdom. And after a while, in hearing, in hiding, now he's heeding what they have let him be exposed to, their false doctrines and their false gods. And the Bible says they turned his heart away from God. They turned his heart away from God. Now Solomon is heeding the influence of what he was exposed to. That's why it's important that we as a people of God not only hear the word, we hide the word so that we will heed the word. Paul said this, 1 Timothy 4, 16, Take heed unto thyself and unto thy doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. What did he say take heed to? He says take heed unto thyself and unto thy doctrine. 
He says, you've got to heed it. You've got to continue in it. Why? That's how you're going to save yourself and those that hear thee. Number four, look down if we could to verse number three. Or verse number two again, I'm sorry. So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Now, what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about winning with the word of God. What do you do with the word of God? We can't just come and hear it. We've got to hide it and then we've got to heed it. And now we see this word apply. The Bible says, apply thine heart to understanding. Now, here's where it gets interesting. When that word goes in and that word is very deep within our heart, the word's going to do what the word does. It's going to begin to change us. By the way, that's why people run from the word and run from church and they run from the preacher. Why? Because they know it's going to change them eventually. I was telling someone this afternoon about a, a man that I was witnessing to for years. I witnessed this guy for years. I would go and I would sit on the tailgate of his truck and we'd feed the cows together. And I just almost begged him to get saved. I didn't want him to die and go to hell. I wanted him to go to heaven. Just a good guy. But he would not get saved. And one day I said, Mr. So-and-so, what is it? Why won't you get saved? And he put his hand under his seat. I thought he was supposed to pull a gun. I really did. I said, I'm fixing to be like Brother Dombeck. I'm fixing to be a martyr. I'm fixing to go right here. And yet he pulled out a can of beer. Pulled out a can of beer. He says, I want to get saved and I want to go to heaven. He says, but I like this too much. And I know that if I receive that, what you're saying, I'm not going to like this anymore. Or I'm going to get convicted about drinking it as we should be. He said, therefore, I'm not going to receive the word. You know what happened? Here's a lost man telling me what a lot of saved people won't acknowledge. The word of God's going to change you. And it should change you. And he didn't want to be changed. And so that's why he didn't want to get saved. And then a few years later, I moved away. And some random soul winner, I was a little bit agitated. Some random soul winner who's trying it for the first time goes by his house and leads him to Christ. Uh, and he's got his name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's all that matters. But here was his problem. He knew the word of God was going to change him. Now, here's what happens. We hear the word. We hide the word. Then we start heeding the word. And that word of God is changing us. And I want to tell you this. Sometimes it changes us beyond what we want to be changed. God gets in there and begins working, and we're like, yeah, God, go ahead. You can take that out. Yeah, God, you can take that out. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. I'm kind of attached to that. And we don't want to let go of something. This is where the applying comes in. Number four, this is where we've got to learn to hold the word, to hold to the word. As the word of God does its work in our heart and our life, here's going to be our tendency. Push it away. Push it away. That doesn't feel good. You're getting on some sensitive territory in there in my heart, in my life, and we start pushing the word away. That's our natural tendency. I have a blood vessel here on the right side of my face that from time to time the blood vessel makes its way to the surface. And it has this little spider look to it. It uh, looks like i got a spider tattoo on my face sometimes. It's not. It's just a blood vessel that makes its way to the surface. I go to the dermatologist every few years, and he has this little electrocution machine. I think he got it from Saddam Hussein. I really do. He sits there, and you're sitting in the chair, and he says, all right, I want to start electrocuting your face. I'm like, all right. And he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cauterize that below your skin. And I think, are you serious? He says, yeah. He says, when it gets too much, you tell me, and I'll stop. And I said, all right. And so he starts frying away. I mean, have you ever smelled burnt flesh? It's horrible. He said, there, it just I see a lightning bolt. There's a lightning bolt jumping off of that thing onto my face. And he's burning and cauterizing that thing. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to take it like a man because my wife is sitting there, but it hurts so bad. And finally I was like, oh, gosh, I can't take that anymore. You're frying my face, man. And then I look and I still see a little bit more of it there. 
And he says, well, look, we got a good bit of it. You can go with that and just come back later. And I said, no, I want to get it all. I want to get rid of that. That doesn't need to be there. I have enough trouble with my looks as it is. I don't need to, you know, ask for any trouble. So get back. He said, it's going to hurt. And here's what I tell him. I said, it's worth it. Do it to it. I'm asking him to apply what needs to happen to bring about the change that I need and that I want. Can I tell you, folks, there's going to come a time where the word of God is going to get quick and powerful and sharp and pointed in your life, and you're going to want to push it away. Why? Because it hurts. God's changing us. But can I tell you, that if there was a time you need to hold on to it, it's right then. Allow God to apply his word to your life. Why? Because he's changing us through it. You may not like it. You may not even agree with it. But allow God to apply his word to your life. Why? So that we can continually change to become more like Christ. Do you remember Peter? When Peter had fished all night, we preached on it the other day. And Jesus comes along and tells him to cast his net on the other side of the ship. And here's Peter. Look, it's not going to work. We've been fishing all the night. We are fishermen. This is not going to work. What did he say? Nevertheless, at thy word. Is it all right? I'm just going to apply your word. I don't think it's going to work. We've tried it all night. I may not even agree with it, but I'm just going to apply your word. And, buddy, he applied God's word, and oh, how he saw God work. Folks, we've got to be willing tonight to allow God's word to work in our life, even when it gets in those sensitive areas that we want to hold on for ourselves. Why? Because God's making us be more like Christ. So we've got to hold to the word. And then finally, look down. I'll give you the last thing. Man, we're doing good tonight. The Bible says in verse 3, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge. Remember that word, criest. And liftest up thy voice for understanding. If thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then... Thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I want to take the word criest, liftest, seekest, and searches, and let's bundle it into one thing, and that's a hunger for the word. That's number five. We've got to have a hunger for the word. He says, my son, if thou wilt receive my words. He said, I want you to hear it. I want you to hide it. I want you to heed it. And I want you to hold on to it. And then I want you to hunger for more of it. Folks, one of the things that I enjoy as a pastor is watching people get into the Word of God and watching it change them. I can't change anybody. I've tried to change people before. As a young preacher, I've even probably tried to convict people before behind the pulpit. I know, Brother Nate, you've probably never done that, but I've tried to convict people before. I've tried to get them right. I've tried to, to preach them and try to get them where they need to be, but, man, I just couldn't change anybody. And then yet you start watching them get in the Word of God. And you watch the Word of God change them. And it does it itself. And then you hunger for that. I want to see that again. I want to see my life changed more. Look, how do you have your life changed more? You need more of the Word. You need more of what changed your life to begin with. The quick and powerful and sharp Word of God. So what do we got to do? We've got to cryest after knowledge. Lift up thy voice for understanding. Seek for her as silver and searches for her as hid treasures. You know a hunger? Do you know what a hunger is? A hunger is a necessity. We've got to seek the Word of God as if it's a necessity because it is. I don't know about you, but I get hungry probably six to eight, maybe even nine times a day. You have first breakfast, and then you have brunch, and then you have lunch, and then you have second lunch, and, and you're working your way off. Yes, that's why I'm, I'm having to think about going back to the gym. I haven't gone back since that one time with Brother AJ. It hurt me too bad. 
But the other night in the daddy-daughter date night, he won the award for world's strongest dad. And I thought, well, I picked the right guy to be working out with, the world's strongest dad. And next year, I want that ribbon for myself. So I'm going to go back to the gym and work. But I want to tell you something. One of the things that I have a problem with is I hunger too much. Sitting there today eating those fries and that hummus. And, man, it's just good. I'm constantly feeding my face. I'm thinking about right now what I'm going to eat when I get home tonight. Boy, imagine what we'd be like if we just hungered for this. I'll tell you what we'd be like. We'd be changed. We'd be changed. If we sought her as silver, if we criest and liftest up our voice, the Bible says, Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Folks, if we can get to the place where we hunger for the word of God, to where we hunger to hear it, we hunger to hide it, we hunger to heed it, we hunger to hold it, it's this cycle that goes round and round again. Slowly but surely, our life will be changed. Why? Because we find the understanding of the fear of the Lord and we find the knowledge of God. But you see, it all revolves around his word. It's inescapable. If we desire to become what God desires that we become, we're not going to do it without the word of God. It first begins with hearing. We've got to make sure we're hearing his word. And then we've got to make sure that when we come and we hear the word of God, or maybe we're reading and we're hearing the word of God by reading it, that we're not just doing it so we can check our Bible checklist for the day. Let's make sure we're hiding it. We're taking a to-go box with us. Write it down on three-by-five cards. Put them in your pocket. Pull them out on your lunch break and read some of that word of God. Why? Because you're going to need it. And the longer that you watch this, hide it, next thing you know, now you're inclined to it. You're starting to lean in that direction. You're starting to do it. And the word of God starts to change you so much that maybe you push away. That's where you better hold it. And the longer you hold to it, the more you'll hunger for it. Why? Because the change that the Word of God will bring about in your life is like no other. Look, there's no doctor, there's no therapist, there's no book, there's no catchy phrase, there's no Hallmark card that can change you like the Word of God. But you got to hear it, hide it, heed it, hold it, and hunger for it tonight. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stop there. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Our pianist and song leader are going to come. You know, God says, if you come to the knowledge of him and the understanding of the fear of the Lord, you win in his eyes. He says, my son, this is what I want for you. I want you to come to the understanding of the knowledge of God and to understand the fear of the Lord. That's what he desired for his son. That's what God desires for us. It all revolves around his word. Can I ask you tonight, are you hearing it enough? And if you're hearing it tonight, are you hiding it? Are you holding on to it? Are you taking it home with you? Or we just come, we hear it, we've checked our church box for the week, and now we're getting ready to get back to our real life. Are you holding on to it even though it's changing you? Are you holding on to it even though God is taking us and molding us and making us maybe outside the bounds of who we desire to be? God knows who we need to be. Are you allowing that word to do that? And then are you hungering for it? That's how we'll win tonight. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what it does for us. And I thank you, Father, for what it does to us. Lord, help us to see tonight that if we're going to be successful, to Lord, where we have the knowledge of you and we understand the fear of the Lord, where we have a right reverence of you, it's all going to depend upon what we do with your word. And, Father, if we hear it, that's not enough. Lord, I pray tonight that we'll take this home with us. 
that will allow the Holy Spirit to take your word and stir our hearts long after the service is over and we turn the lights out tonight. I pray as we go throughout our day tomorrow, we'll hide your word deeper than our hearts so that we allow it to take root and begin to change us and we're more inclined to it. Help us, Lord, to hunger after it. We might be changed and show others who Christ is through our life and the change you've brought through your word. We thank you for all that you desire to do in Jesus' name. Amen. With our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight.